0: listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. I'm Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn. We are getting so good at that intro. Yeah.
1: It's as if we're, we've done this a time or two.
0: (laughs) I think it's, yeah, yeah, 80 plus. At some point it's going to be good and that'll be our last day. (laughs) <laughs> well, as soon as we absolutely hit it, we'll be like, oh, I think we're, I think we're done. I think <laughs> we're done here. No, just kidding. I am so glad to get together today. And we have a special guest with us, an author. I'm very excited for everyone to get to know. And with that, I will hand it over to you, Brenda. Welcome to the Inclusive AF Podcast
2: well thank you so much for having me and I get so tickled when people refer to me as an author I'm beginning to get used to it yes (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well I'm a I'm Brenda Harrington uh I am the founder and president of adaptive leadership strategies we are an executive coaching and leadership development facilitation firm basically I avoid very intentionally uh using the term training because we don't try to teach and tell anyone how to do anything but we try to create learning spaces for people to develop and grow into the best, the best possible version of themselves. Uh, we do a lot of work with global leaders in a variety of different uh, sectors and disciplines. And I'd say at this point, our intention, my intention is to work with people who demonstrate a commitment to making the world a better place. I love that, no pressure. No pressure. World. <laughs>
0: I, I love that so much. I mean, and I love the, the learning spaces because, you know, I think so many people do refer to it as training and there's such a stigma going in, like immediately, it's, you know, the results are skewed everywhere, depending on who's receiving that message. But I love the learning space. We all have um, something to learn.
2: We all have something to learn and we all get to wherever we can get to and it's okay all right but the work we i say to clients all the time this cannot be more important to me than it is to you so you've got to do the work in order for this to be meaningful and that's that's really the big difference in my opinion
1: and you know we've we've heard that from a a couple of our guests the same thing that you know and and it is so true it's the i can i can bring you along on the journey But it's your journey and you have to take it wherever you're going to take it and and pick up what you can from what we're we're working on and what we're talking about but everyone is it has to take that accountability and take that responsibility for what they want to do with with what you're bringing to them so um so tell us a little bit about you know what makes your coaching your leadership learning what makes that what, what makes a difference from some of the others maybe that we have experienced before
2: well, I don't know what you've experienced, um, but I will say that, and this will sound a little bit kitschy and cliche to uh, other coaches and people who have experienced coaching perhaps, uh, but we really are committed to the whole meeting people where they are <laughs> commitment. Okay. And uh, you just used one of my favorite words when you said, I think you used the term accountability, They're The expectations, right? And so uh, we really start with a clean slate. I curate everything, so there's nothing off the shelf. And you know, with all due respect, there are some beautiful models and programs and, and kind of pre-cooked pro- pre-pre-cooked facilitation kits, which is fine. We use elements of different things, but you know, no two clients are alike, no two engagements are alike. We really start with deep listening, and really trying to understand what will make a difference for the client. And, and and trying to see how we can we can build around that to to make it a meaningful experience that's sustainable, right? It it doesn't help if after the engagement, you know, you put everything away and move on, and you're not using it. So we want to make sure it's accessible and and that it's something that will have add, add long term value. I love that you that is that you said that, and you're right.
0: It, it's it's funny at Textio where I work, I always say we're. Yeah. bubble inside of a bubble inside of a vacuum and then when we go out we have to share those learnings and we just went to a conference i took my team to a conference and when i was like i really want you to go to all of the different you know deib it was recruiting a conference i was like i want you to go to all the sessions and listen and their eyes got so big and they were like are people still talking about this like this and it's like yes And these are people that are trying to help and they're still learning. They are in in different parts. And I think it takes, I think when you're very, you know, I was very excited when I got into the the role and started doing this research so many years ago, but then you realize we're really not all in the same place and have all these different learnings up to this point. You know, there's times where you see someone and you're like, I've read about this before, (laughs) like someone says something and you're like, Whoa.
2: Yeah. It happened
0: in real life.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's, you, you remind me of a conversation, a couple conversations I've had with clients recently. Uh, and they said, you know, I, I try to tell my people and, you know, I, I let them know. And, and I'm, I'm hearing all this, you know, transmit, transmit, transmit. And I'm saying, hold it. Let's listen. Let's ask some questions. Let's open up. Yeah, but I'm sure they, and I'm sure, no, you're not sure of anything. Okay. And it is so important to listen actively and deeply. And I had one client come back to me just recently, and I'm not even going to refer to gender. I'm just going to say the person said, I asked the person, you know, what it was like to do this exercise that we had talked about. And the person said to me, it was illuminating. I had no idea. I, I, I could not have imagined that this person didn't know this and was thinking about this, this way. Cause you haven't asked, right? You're making assumptions that things are a certain way and you know that's how we end up not communicating effectively
0: <laughs> so, absolutely
2: yeah,
1: yeah yeah I think it's interesting because I think that you know just what you just shared there about the listening you know we talk so much about listening and believing and you know really taking in what someone is sharing with you and then also believing it which is taking it that step further as well And so I I love some of the things from your book, and Jack and I were were chatting uh, a little bit earlier. Just you know, hey, uh, you know some of the things that were in the book that we found very interesting. The and I think especially for uh, you know black women in the workplace that no, you are not crazy. What has happened and is happening to you is real. And you know that's such a you know this was just an an excerpt from your book, and it is like yes, that's such a critical piece that it's not just hey these are my stories or this is what i believe to be true it is no this is real and i think that's a piece that's just missing so many times in these conversations as well
2: and what we have to do is you know we're judgmental beings as humans and what we have to do is really be willing to suspend judgment and that's hard you know one of the easiest things why are you crying because i'm upset you have no reason to cry well you don't know that you this is not this might not be something that's upsetting to you or makes you emotional, but that doesn't mean that you get to judge how it's making me feel, right? And so, you know, we we sputter things like that often. And and we have to really be willing to take a deep breath and step back and just let a person be, just be and 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 stand in whatever is happening for them at the moment and be and be willing to hold that space. And you know, it's just hard for people to do. <laughs>
0: I just find so many people like they'll give you, if you listen long enough, they will give you the answers to the test. They will give you all of it. But if you start cutting people (laughs) off, you don't have the whole story and you can never get back there because you're dealing with their perception and then you, you know, they're dealing with your perception and you never, it's like, wait, can we just start over,
2: you know? It's like shouting at someone who speaks a different language. It's not going to increase their ability to understand you. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes.
0: And I love I think what is interesting, especially as a black woman trying to get navigate through some of these spaces where there's a, there has been a history of gaslighting, but then you're also othered, So you're not really sure. Like, did this happen to you? Was this, you know, does this sound familiar? And even within those spaces, you have to be really careful and listen. And there are are times where I'm like, I'm responding to something that happened to me, not something that necessarily happened to you. And I need to listen
2: to you. Well, not only that, but and thank you for it sounds like you've opened the book I I appreciate that um you know I start talking about identity because the two of us could have exactly the same experience or be subjected to the same circumstances and react very differently have different response you know wear it differently all of that based on our identity based on our our whatever our history our beginnings all of those things and So, you know, you really have to leave a margin for that and honor whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, it's bringing up for people.
0: And I think we we Katie is working, we're working on doing the racial healing handbook with a group. And in that, I don't think people recognize the belief system. A lot of this happened on your own. You're two years old. It's how you're perceiving the reality based on people around you. And that's when you formulate your decision, like, The same of drinking out of a glass and eating with a knife and fork. And it's ingrained into who you are and you might, because of your path, might never have an opportunity to revisit that feeling. And that's when that unconscious bias sneaks in because it's literally, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I know the way I think I'm supposed to respond, but that doesn't feel right. Right, (laughs) exactly.
2: Something is not right. That's how somebody told you to respond. That's right, right. Or you watch somebody else respond that way. Yeah, yeah. Very and, true.
1: And I think it's also just the validation of feelings of exactly what you just said earlier. Of my reaction to something might be totally different than Jackie's reaction to something because of all of that kind of junk and all that stuff that has happened to get us to today and. And I think that's the piece that is always so interesting when that light bulb goes off for people that they're like, oh, okay. So, you know, this isn't a one-time thing that there was a microaggression and this person reacted. It was no, this month, this year, this whatever decade, there have been a gazillion different microaggressions. And so this was that tipping point where they started crying or had a reaction or whatever it might be. And I think that's the piece that also once people get that and kind of can go, oh, this is why they reacted that way, or this isn't just this moment. I think that's just such a a good learning space, because I think it, it is hard if you have not experienced to go, how can I put myself in their shoes or empathize, or again, just listen and believe what they have to say. And, and that's such a hard lesson to learn for
2: folks. And I think that, you know, there are some place, some circumstances, many circumstances where you really just can't stand in another person's shoes. You can, you know, mm-hmm. and all you can do is hold a space and listen. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that the intention of, of, of taking that stance is one thing, it's where we say oh but it's not that bad and we start to become dismissive and we minimize and you know we try to make excuses that that things really move in the wrong direction so um, it's 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 a time to make a choice and it's and it's about the choice that that people make that can make the difference
0: but i want to know like what's interesting to me then you go to the coaching space. Mm-hmm. So you're already talking to people who know everything. Like they, they know everything. They're leading people. They're the ones people go to, right? And you have to say, Ahem, let's, look at it, let's look at it a different way. As an executive coach, especially I just think, what is that like?
2: Well, it's interesting because so many people and maybe not in their current role, but so many people at some point were promoted, elevated, move forward for the wrong reasons. You were a great whatever. And now we're going to, you know, <laughs> you in charge of all these people and da da, da da no, no development, no anything, no preparation for that. Just, you know, good luck. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know people you really have to get people to a point and and this is where story and metaphor can be so meaningful because you really have to get to an opening a point of vulnerability and and something that you can begin to work open to kind of to 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 crack the window you know to get to larger conversations and it's there sometimes you have to work harder for it you know, sometimes we utilize different psychometric instruments, like assessments or 360s and things like that. And, and, and that type of objective feedback and information can be very valuable for, for those circumstances. Uh, but you, you just really have to, um, you know, get, get to that, I call it that tender space with the person. And, and that, that will usually help you to flip the coin.
0: I got to flip a coin.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, <laughs> I like maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But I feel like it's we're seeing I'm seeing at least more people getting really active with coaching. Do you see more people getting active with coaching now than in the times before? I or was it just I just noticed it more.
2: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I I think that there's greater acceptance, you know, there was a time that people thought that it was punitive, that they were being called to the principal's office, and they didn't see it as a a tool for growth and development. And so I think that there is broader acceptance, there's greater understanding of what coaching is and what it can do. Uh, And I also think honestly, you know, the, the pandemic helped because I hate to say this, but, you know, okay, last resort, nothing else is working. What else can I try? I mean, people reached, you know, people were on the edge <laughs> in many cases over, whether it was leading remote teams, whether it was, you know, loss of of, of career, whatever it was, um, they were really more open and receptive to um, alternative interventions, let's say
1: so you talk about something and i would love for you to just dig in a little bit and share with the the folks that are listening you talk about the veiled discriminators can you share a little bit more about what that means and what that is and, and how that impacts the workplace
2: there are so many things that people are not willing to talk about you know and uh so they won't bring it up but they will hold it against you and and one of the landmines i will say um can be around use of standard english uh grammar diction just general communication there are others you know it could be appearance you know we've gone through this whole thing with uh our hair and you know the crown act and all of these kinds of things anything that people can use to 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 make judgments about um and so, you know, I've been in the room, you know, in, in conversations as member as a member of executive teams where, well, no, we're not gonna let that person do the presentation or it's rating time and well, you know, the communication. Have you had a conversation about it? Well, no, because they're afraid that you know there will there'd be some pushback or that they'd be called out for discrimination, all these kinds of things. And so they it's it's unspoken it's never discussed and you know unfortunately people go years and full careers you know with these things just not knowing not understanding why you know they're not able to move to the next level or 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 break through particular barriers uh unfortunately you know for us it's an indictment and for you know people in the dominant group you know is oh he's a little quirky or you know eh, it's just you know da, da, da. and I, I talk in the book about you know someone who said something you know <laughs> I'd never heard I'd never heard that type of sentence structure quite fr- frankly a sentence that started with you know ever who and I stopped the person what did what did you say <laughs> and he said ever who's gonna do this and I thought wow what would have happened if I started the sentence with ever who they would have been packing the box for me okay (laughs) but but it's okay for him to say that you know so those are the kinds of things that fall into the category of veiled discriminators in my opinion culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color
1: on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I, it, it makes me think, one thing, it's like I know we're not a, a monolith. However, there are some shared experiences. And I remember doing a session and a woman crying talking about it and everybody in the room that was in the dominant group they were trying to make excuses for the situation she was talking about somebody talking down to her standing over her um, and she felt threatened because they couldn't get out of the chair and everyone was like "Well, maybe they're in a bad mood or maybe they were this or maybe there was that and the person left and at the end of it someone said did you know who that was? And I was like, No, I did not know. And they were like, it's the Dean, that was the Dean of the law school, that was explaining that situation. And, and like, during the course of that, I always we stopped, because I'm like, no, you don't get to guess what that is. Like, stop guessing for other people. Let's talk about how it made her feel how what was her perception? she was the only one there. And so I think that happens a lot where, and I've had to explain this on, on behalf of other people and myself, where I'm like, you wouldn't know that because they wouldn't talk to you like that. You know, like, how many times have you said, and I love that, that you've narrowed in on this, where you've told somebody and they're like, oh, they wouldn't do that. No, they wouldn't do that to you. You know, you, but if you look like me, they might. You know, and I still I really honestly think this is a big a bigger issue. Like I wish like I because people honestly don't believe you and you can be an executive running a team and explaining that this is the what has gone on. And people constantly will say, I don't think that's what that person meant. Are you on mute, Brenda?
2: Yeah, but no, it's you're overreacting. Oh, surely you misunderstood. No, I didn't misunderstand. I I recognize it. I've i right. experienced it enough to know exactly what it is. So that's no. right. Yeah. Yeah. We
0: had somebody, and when we were at the he said the way he said it was he said, Black people know white people better than white people or white people. And we were <laughs> all like, um, audible gasp. Like, I'm not sure if that's what you meant. But what he meant, I think. My version of that is when you're oppressed and when you are looking to make sure that you are safe, you are paying a different level of attention to people doing things to you.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Like you just think this is normal. I'm trying to make sure that I'm going to be safe. I don't want to get picked up or arrested for walking out with this pack of gum. So I'm going to have my receipt out and I'm looking left and right. And I want to know who else is there and that's something that's constant whereas other people are like oh oh no and i think that's what people don't realize we've been studying for a long time you can start seeing the pattern so it's like trust the person who's telling you that they feel like they've discriminated they've been paying a lot more attention and and you know in those and, cases and,
2: and when i think about some of the feedback i've gotten you know i've, I've had i've I've been surprised honestly some of the people told me that they've they've read the books oh i've learned so much and i had no idea and yeah it made me rethink some things and you know all of that and so it's interesting to me but why would you think about it if it if it doesn't impact your reality why would you think about it, right and and so uh it's the conversations have been enlightening
0: i just feel like it's necessary because There's so many people that are quick to refer to themselves as allies. If you don't understand the disparities of other people, it that's impossible, that's number one. Number two, you can't give yourself that title.
2: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the things, you know, and I'm remembering the speaker as well, and I, I, it was such a moment in time that he was sharing that because it was the yes, of course, those in the out group are studying those in the dominant in group but then it comes back to that assimilation like why does it have to be assimilation versus an add to whatever is going on so I think I mean that was the other piece to me that was like so so outstanding or or so remarkable about his comments were also the fact like it has always been kind of that assimilate or die rule versus why can't we add to and get better because of the differences that we have and because of who's coming to the table and that part was also like it's just we have gotten to this space where hopefully people are more aware and to your point you know reading books like yours to say I didn't know but it's also a, uh, okay hurry up and get there because we've been talking about this for way too long
2: wait way too long you're using the the term add to, which is interesting to me because I think the challenge is that there seems to be, and we're hearing all this stuff now about replacement. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there seems to be this notion (laughs) that, you know, anything that benefits me is, is taking away from someone else. Right. Uh, Which is sad. I don't know how else to describe it, you know, but it's, it's sad. And, but there are a lot of people who think that way. Because they are, they believe. You know, their very basic, their very fundamental belief is that uh, there should be a double standard.
0: Which is, I, you know, as we were, we're studying and and we were just it's Filipino um, American Heritage or History Month, and as we were looking, we write um, where I was looking at the story about how there were open borders to people from the Philippines, right? And they're, it's the second highest population of um, Asian Americans in the United States. And people are like, really? Like, how did we get this far? We have to study history. Like the people have gotten this far without understanding that this this perpetuating, it's not just the history we weren't taught. It's that these things were going on at the same time as all of, the and it happens over and over and over which is why we have to learn what's happening and part of that is acknowledging the way it is at the workforce and the big piece that i i think that your book can help people understand is like really if it's not about bringing i don't we're not ready for you for me to bring my whole self to work i just want to be able to work like let's start with that let's start with me not having to worry about whatever outfit I have on, or my hair to your point, or my accent or my word choice, like, let me just be able to go to work and not feel other. Let's start with that. Not feel other. Exactly. I can bring my whole self. Right. And I feel like I will, and I will let you know, it's not going to be because you say, well, we welcome everybody to bring their whole selves. Yeah, so this yeah. must be all of you. And I always say, You do not want me to bring my whole self to work. (laughs) You are not ready to receive that. You are not. You are not. Oh, boy. You know, and I I don't, and it's because, you know, like I, it just reminds me of when I was young and my mom would get upset if I would say something cheap, would say, I'm about to hurt your feelings. And that's what I tell people on my team. I'm like, you don't want me to bring my whole self because I will hurt your feelings. On some of these situations and it's and it's not on purpose but we have to be able to have these discussions work and that's the problem they think because you go and you're happy and you're doing your job and maybe you're doing a, a job that everything must be okay without understanding that struggle
2: well i would challenge happy i you know you go and you're smiling right, right? not you're, happy you're, right you're you're collegial and you're right exactly yeah. you, you you're not you know Breaking chairs, You're not, you know. You <laughs> know, <but laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know, uh, but I, I don't know, you know, if you, if you peel back, if, if you really get to happiness in that, yeah.
0: No, I content. We'll say, you know, right, like you said, yeah. not throwing chairs. You're going along to get along. So, so. what of the you? You
1: mentioned stories. Yes. and you know so i would love for you to share you know for those listeners who haven't read your book share one of the stories or one of the examples that you give in the book about some of these kind of tools that you're giving and some of the things that you're trying to help people learn through your book
2: you know it's hard to isolate any one story but the the central theme is that you've got to be more active and less passive and not, you know, I'm sorry, just give the benefit of the doubt and write it off, you know, as, oh, well, I might've been, I might've misunderstood. Sometimes perhaps that's the case, but but I think you always have to stop and take time to, you know, really assess what's happening because we don't have the luxury of, enough time to make up for the things that we're trying to accomplish and so i just in the book i really try to help people uh, take a more strategic approach to their circumstances to their careers to conversations to holding people accountable oh you're doing a great job i can see you taking on more responsibility one day well that sounds great but what does that mean exactly what do i have to do You know, where can I improve and things like that? And going back to what we were talking about earlier, veiled discriminators, I I can't tell you how how many fingers I've almost lost by trying to help people and say, you know, can I have a conversation with you? You know, I heard you say her and I, actually it's she and I, you know, and sometimes that's well received and other times it's not, it doesn't go so well. And I just say, you know, when people try to help you, accept it, you know, at least think about it. And and sometimes it doesn't come out right. We all, you know, providing feedback is awkward. It's uncomfortable, and everybody doesn't do it well. But that doesn't mean the intention, the good intention, is not there. And so I just really want people to not uh, just accept what they're experiencing at face value, and be willing to question. Just be willing to see if there's an, an opportunity for a different approach
1: I I I love that and I love where it, like just the feedback piece as well and I, I Jackie's smiling and I think I know why I, you know her uh CEO Karen Schneider is doing some work and McKinsey has done some work as well as we know on feedback and women especially women of color not getting specific feedback actionable feedback and and it and so it is that just keep taking on more and you know, I saw something posted on LinkedIn the other day uh, from a, a woman that was basically saying, and it's the what we've all heard: the just wait, they're going to come, they'll tap you on the shoulder, and at any minute now you're going to get that promotion, that raise, that you know, whatever has been promised. And and so it is just interesting, and I think the feedback piece is such a critical component for every leader to be aware of how that can truly impact someone. And even if it is a a language thing, you know, the her and I, she and I think like it might seem very simple, but if that will help someone and will help them kind of move forward to be able to give that feedback, but then also receiving that feedback, and you know, that's just two pieces of the puzzle. Just uh, that struck me as you were speaking. So yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that's really critical.
2: We all need it. You know, we're not we're not perfect beings, and uh, it's hard for us to know. the 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 most self-aware among us you know we we don't really know how other people are experiencing us good bad or indifferent it's data we all need to have so and
0: we haven't learned like people are hesitant to give feedback and then we haven't learned to receive feedback i mean the best piece of feedback and i was really angry at the time when someone gave me this feedback (laughs) i was so mad That
2: means it was probably really good. It was
0: life changing and I use it daily. They told me, you know, the only right response to feedback is thank you. I don't even know what I was, I was talking back. I don't even know what I was saying, but they, and I took that and have implemented it all the time. I would, I explained to people, say, thank you, write it down, go talk with your best friend, go talk to somebody, but look at the lesson there because You know, you have to think. Nobody wants to. Well, I mean, there are some evil people on the planet, right? But for, I mean, very rarely. I love giving feedback. I love it. It's like (laughs) rare that someone would would you know said, "I'm gonna go give somebody feedback all day." Like they thought about it. They want to give the feedback. It's something that they've thought about, and so even if it's not really. Cool. There's got to be some truth to it, even if it's perception. And so you have to take a step back and see how you can grow in that moment, you yeah. know,
2: yeah. But, and, but and
0: don't argue with someone's
2: perception. Well, right, And, and, Many people don't see it as arguing, but they say, "Well, what I was, what I meant was, what I was trying to do." But let me help. Let me explain to you. Forget it. Just say, as you said, "Thank you." Accept it, and then go do something with it on your own. Maybe come back and ask more questions once you've had a chance to process. But let it be. Let it be.
1: (laughs) Yes, to all of these (laughs) things that you all are saying, because I think that's one of the things when I have taught people how to give feedback, I also talk about how to receive feedback. Cause I think that's also such a skill set because all of us you do want to defend and go, Oh, you didn't you don't understand what I was trying to say. And and I've been so guilty of that throughout my career. And and it is that just stop, go process it with your best friend, with whomever, and then come back. And like you said, ask questions, learn more. Cause it's also the whole if you're a leader and someone came and gave you feedback, they will never do it again if they are defend, you know, if you try to defend yourself or tell them why they're wrong it doesn't
2: land so now you touched on something else Katie you know go talk to a friend or something so in the book I talk a lot about uh not just mentors and sponsors but really developing an advisory board your own little advisory board and I think that that is so important you need to hear from all the voices in the room whether they're people who think like you have opposing views I like those because that's what we need really we don't need to be surrounded by people that only tell us what we want to hear and so I think it really is important to 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 to, to stand up a formal or informal group of people that you can rely on to socialize things with and, and talk through things with and, and get different points of view
0: it's the truth tellers you need truth tellers I think I have like two too many truth tellers I I know there's been times where I'm like when Katie's like and now that we're done, have you talked to your therapist about this? <laughs> I'm like, ooh, it's I've triggered. Something? Well, yeah, maybe just OK, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Like, are you feeling OK? Because there are so many times where, it, y- you know, it can be your friend as long as they are um that truth. They're going to tell you the truth. And you need those people that have your best interest in mind that that can do that. And I especially think as I've noticed for me, as people are going through their own journey of inclusion and belonging and what that means, while they're going on their journey, I have to double down on my group of people that I trust and feel comfortable with so I can I can get through and I feel like because they are in a they're in a different place. And so it's important to have those people. And I'm glad that you said that, okay, so we need a coach, we need Um, the Personal Board of Directors. Um, What else do we need? Brenda.
2: you need to know where your line in the sand is Mm. you need to know where your line in the sand is you need to you need to really have clarity around not only your values but what's important to you and and this is what will lead you to working with some of the exercises in the book because so many times we are assaulted by things that just are an affront to our values and our beliefs and we take a deep breath and we swallow and say, oh, but that direct deposit, oh, the 401k match and oh, but the pension uh-uh. and oh, but this office and all of this. And then we, we, we yield. And when you start doing that, that's when you really begin to lose who you are. And so I think it really is important. And it's scary. I, I get that. You know, I, and I also realize I have a higher risk tolerance than most people, but I think that you can work yourself to a place that, you know, maybe it takes you to, uh just rethinking what your priorities are and what matters most in your life, not at the particular point in time, but over the arc. Okay. Mm -hmm. Over the long haul and and really getting clear on, on what you want what you don't want and what you're not willing to accept and it's amazing it is amazing what can happen if you stay committed to that okay Mm -hmm. we all have this fear you know that terrible things will happen if you know we push back or if we contradict ask yourself what is the worst that can happen right and really process what the re- response? The real response is to
1: that. What the answer to that question? I I like to play that game quite a bit of what's the worst <laughs> that can happen, and and I do with my sister will laugh when she hears this because she has heard me say it so many times. It's what's the worst that Okay, so you lose your job, you lose your house, you you know whatever it might be. I'm in a very fortunate place that I have 95 brothers and sisters, so I can just go live with one of them. Um, so like I do have that that you know support system in place but it is like playing that out in your head of what's the worst that can happen does get you to a place of okay what is my line in the sand what are those Mm -hmm. things that i will not accept but i will also say and, and i i'm gonna out jackie slightly here i think jackie has been in that situation and we've had that conversation and it's gotten to a much better place because of the line in the sand of i will not tolerate this I'm not doing this anymore I yeah. need better and here are my expectations and now she's in a I think all of us are in a much better place when we do draw that line because it is also the you know it's the you know where energy goes uh, you know where it, where your mind goes that's where your energy goes all of those things so
2: and when you don't do that you're giving people permission to right. say and do and treat you any old kind of way <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. However they want to, and it has nothing to do. You're not controlling that. You're not regulating that the dynamics of that relationship, that interaction at that point. And you really are relinquishing power to others.
0: That's Mm -hmm. when life starts happening to you instead of for you. Like it just happens all around all these things. And you're like, I don't understand. Well, you did that. Right? You, you did that and you, and, and I think it's, I think it gets easier as when you look at those situations, when you start learning in your career, oh yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm not putting myself in that piece again. And I do feel again, you can learn those lessons. And sometimes you're like, I have a 22 year old where I have to say, maybe the gift you're receiving right now is to never have to do that ever again. Like, maybe you just needed to go through this to learn where not to go. You zigged so you didn't have to zag and we'll just keep going. But so many people, especially the most interesting thing as I became an executive were the phone calls that I was getting from other Black women who wanted to do this. And the very first thing that I discussed with them are are what are their job um requirements what are they doing right now in their job not their title and what is their salary and we have to start there a lot of times where it's like and i've worked here for 25 years and i've never gotten a race and i don't know what to do yes you do mm-hmm. yes you do know what to do and but it's a scary place and so books like this where people are like no you're not alone there are people here to support you and i think that is helpful but Um, I'm grateful that you wrote this book, Brenda, but also grateful that people are sharing this knowledge publicly so that we can, we can, it's not, there are groups of of people that need to know and have an example, right, of, no, you can get through this, you can get through this and no, you're right, you do deserve more Mm -hmm. and help coach through that, especially at work. Where you know, right now there are lots of different opportunities. We know that there are people looking and and looking for opportunities to um, talk to people that are underrepresented, but you have to make sure it's a safe place for you. So if you don't draw that line, so many people have gotten, pulled in the last couple of years taking a job maybe it was for the money but then only went to know that they have zero support zero clout zero say zero impact somebody asked me the other day how many people are on your diversity team i was like well it's me and i have a program manager but there's only a hundred of us and she said oh i don't have a program manager and there's four thousand of us
2: what? yeah the money is never enough Mm-mm. and 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 you know people <laughs> Look at me like I've landed from another planet when I say that, but the money is never enough mm-hmm. when, when when things really get tough and you find your pla- yourself in a place that you really don't want to be, you yeah. know that, that's that's typically when you find that out. but uh, people go for the gold, right and uh that's uh that's you typically insufficient, you know when you're really facing challenging issues and challenging times
0: yes
1: yeah so brenda the way we like to end every episode is with sharing one thing from this episode you want to make sure folks have heard um so we're going to do that and then i also want you to share where can folks Find you, find you know your information on the coaching programs that you do and where they can get your book all that good stuff. We'll put a link to your book and your website on the on the uh, show notes as well. but what is one thing you want to make sure that the folks listening to this heard and take away?
2: I think the one thing I want people to be clear on is that you don't have to settle that you know you you, you have to participate. Actively and in a meaningful way in your own development and professional growth. Uh, but, but you never have to, uh, you know, you, you never have to settle. And uh, I, I stopped short of saying don't take no for an answer because that sounds a little bit harsh. But we can't afford to take no for an answer, right? I think, I think you have to be willing to question and, and, and think critically and apply all of the things that you apply on on behalf of the organization the institution of the company that you work for to your own circumstances okay i spoke at a conference a few weeks ago and uh i asked how many people had participated group of about in this particular session probably about 100 people and i asked how many people had participated in strategic planning activities for their for their jobs and you know everybody raising hand. I said how many of you have participated in strategic planning activities for yourselves mm. and one or two hands that went up right so be intentional get clarity around what you want and and create a plan and work the plan
1: awesome love it Jackie
0: I am still at that draw that line in the sand really do that ad before you start moving forward because you have to know you have to know where you're going what you're willing to take so that you know what questions to ask to make sure how do you know when it it's it you know so i think that is what i want people to take away and mine, you, is,
1: mine is around the advisory board because i think that is something that especially women we do a, a not great job of getting the folks around us that can help us strategically and from just a hey I've had a similar experience you know just all the different things that that if you have folks around you mentors allies all of the things in your advisory team how much stronger you can be but it ties back to something that you know you share in your book around you're not the only one that had this experience and I think for so you know for so many people of color it is such an isolating experience that to go oh someone else has experienced this and i can go out and find that person or people to talk to about it like i think that's such a a huge piece to the puzzle because it is scary when you're the only one in the in the room in the company in the whatever to say to push back and to draw those lines and all of these things when you go has anyone else done this has this you know has anyone else experienced this whatever it might be and so that advisory team those folks that are going to help you and share those experiences and also folks that haven't had that experience that can give you a a different viewpoint I think are just so critical to everyone's success in life and you know and professionally um so yeah that would be mine it's just kind of the advisory
2: yeah and you know you it's lonely you know when you're experiencing these things and the first place we go to is guilt you know what did mm-hmm. i do what could i've done differently what's wrong with me all of these things and the answer is typically nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. right and so much of what we accept what we, we we begin to wear is a reflection of somebody else's stuff is theirs you know that that the, the they are generously laying overlaying on you right it's it's a template that <laughs> generously generously yeah yeah so <laughs> absolutely
1: all right brenda where can folks find you uh where can they where can they look you up
2: uh the book adapt uh this is the book <laughs> <laughs> access denied uh addressing workplace disparities and discrimination has its own website it is access hyphen denied dot net and i can also be found on instagram as author b harrington for coaching and executive leadership facilitation com is the website
1: awesome uh thank you so much for taking the time this has been a, a great conversation uh we say this every time I think Jackie like just the oh my God this is the best one yet oh I know the best. I know but it's so true because I think every conversation that we're having is so enlightening and it and so thank you for taking the time truly
2: my pleasure my pleasure nice meeting both of you
1: yes you as well well uh this is the inclusive af podcast my name is katie van horn and i'm jackie clayton
0: uh bye Bye.